Hey, welcome back to the Gen X Voice podcast. I'm your host, Trish the Dish, and I'm so excited about today's guest. And I'll tell you all about him in just a sec, but I want to do a couple announcements first. Um, as you know, I've been gearing up to um, do another live stream for PodVCon, the podcast virtual convention, um, March 13th, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to have my boomer friend, Vicky, who's going to talk about sex with me, sex about uh, sex in her generation, sex in my generation, sex in today's world, um, some of the taboos we grew up with, and um, things like that. And then I'm so excited to have Anthony Nuarneri from the publishing group A&T, who brought the um, best-selling book, Podcasting Made Simple, um, which you can find on Amazon. I'll put a link to it just in case any of you are out there thinking of be, about being a podcaster, or you are a podcaster, um, just looking to make your life a little simpler. Um, Anthony and I are going to be doing a panel in the convention um, with a few other podcasters um, on March 20th, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So um, make sure that you like both my Facebook page, Gen X Voice, and PodVCom, which stands for Podcast Virtual Community, so that you can have access to everything. It's all live. It's all um, and it's all free. So, um, so excited to be a part about a part of that this weekend. Also, um, I just want to give a shout out. So, so Russ, who um, actually um, is a part of our Facebook group, um, and and so again, there's different things that are happening on different platforms. Instagram has a whole different um, vibe to it. Um, the Facebook page is mostly when the new shows um, uh, go live and for live streaming. But the Facebook group is much more intimate, and we just hit a hundred. Um, members. So excited about that. And one of the things that Russ put on that uh, just stirred up so many great um, conversations was let's start a mixtape. And um, so we did um, a whole bunch of group members um, and, and us, uh, Russ and I came up with this great playlist. So um, as you know, I do have a Gen X Voice Spotify channel. So make sure, you, again, I'll put a link, I'll put a link, but uh, make sure you follow it. It's collaborative. So if there's some 80s tracks that are missing that you want to add, um, please do so. But also be a part of the group and super excited that we just hit 300 followers on Instagram. Um, thank you to everyone. Thank you so much for DMing me and telling me what you think about the show. Thanks for giving me ideas. And, um, and, and so the idea for this one goes tandem with actually a listener's request who DM'd me on Instagram. Um, and it's about, um, you know, Russ is a Gen Xer. And we're going to definitely talk a lot about what it was like for him as a child and why Gen X um, is very unique in terms of childhood and growing up. But he also shares with us what, it was, what it's like being a, a Gen X parent 
and um, how he's raising his kids. He's also the other half of the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast, which I'll also put a link to that I was um, a guest on a few weeks ago. And um, he lovingly referred to me as uh, their sister podcast. So I hope you enjoy listening to one half of my brothers. Hey, Russ. Hey, Trish. How are you doing today in Texas? Uh, I'm actually warm now. (laughs) (laughs) You guys just came out of a hellacious winter storm experience in which you and your family, uh, you're married and you have three kids, two kids. I have four kids total, two stepkids and two two, uh, of my own. So. Oh my gosh! And you went out. You went without electricity during the whole ice storm and debacle, um, like several times. What was the longest stretch you had electricity there for a little bit? The, to have actual electricity, I think, was an hour. No, no, fifty-four <laughs> minutes. Fifty-four minutes. Oh we my had God. electricity. Yeah. Oh. And that was at like uh, nine p.m. at night when it was super cold. Right. So, so it was great yeah, to have so, that for a second. How did you guys yeah. survive? Were you boiling ice? Did you? Are, do you have a gas <laughs> stove? Do you have a fireplace? Like, no, we are actually one hundred percent electric, uh, and uh, that makes me rethink a lot of things. And um, but no, uh, so and my wife as she talks about it, it, my Boy Scout training kicks in because I was an Eagle Scout. Awesome. And so it's. Yeah, so it, it it's funny because ten years ago when we had a freeze again, uh, or we had yeah, and uh, we were out without electricity, I got on the internet and uh, afterwards, uh, or actually it was on my phone, and to look up ways to like make little stoves and cook and stuff, uh, just because we didn't have a lot of stuff, and one of them was a soda can stove. And I had a knife and a soda can and I made me one and I made a few of them and gave them out to family and friends so that they could, you know, have something to cook on when they were uh, without power. And so I think our first night I made grilled cheeses with it because uh, I have this little bitty Whoa. square. Yeah. And uh, and then um, we built a uh, terracotta uh, stove or terracotta heater, I guess you can call it. Uh, where you take a whole bunch of bricks and you take a terracotta pot, pot, excuse me, and uh, you get some tea light candles and that helped. And then when it was just kind of unbearable, when it was like four degrees, we just got in the car and stayed there. Right. Yeah. And just for the record, that um, that can hack, that's a backpacking hack as well. Like I've made a stove out of um, a, a cat food tin. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. That it's that wilderness training, and that's some pretty neat stuff. But so terrible you that you had to food? go through that. Oh, no, they, they, no. Why are you bringing cat food on a, a hiking trip? No, no. It's an empty one that was made <laughs> prior to. But so, what kind of fuel did you put in that pop can? Uh, I used uh, rubbing alcohol. Wow. Oh my gosh, that is so yeah. rad. Yeah. So, so yeah, survival skills kicking in and, um, and just, you gotta, you gotta take care of everything. And now, I I mean, I don't know if it's like this where you are in Texas, but my friend in Austin just posted a picture in a tank top with her friends by a lake. (laughs) Uh, is that how it is where you are as well? It's it's 70 degrees. It went from, uh, yeah, it went from four to 70 like almost it feels like almost overnight 
uh, I mean, everything's pretty much back to normal. I think there are some people that still are without power and still have water issues. Uh, we just recently got our boil water uh, ban- uh, notice, whatever, uh, lifted, which saying that, you know, it's okay to drink the water. Um, we're still kind of iffy about that because they just also said they're about to chlorinate the water heavily uh, for the month of March. So I went and got a whole bunch of bottles of water um, because uh, our water filters just get completely destroyed when they do that. Like it, they, they're supposed to last like six months and they go out in like two weeks. Um, and, and it smell our whole house will smell like pool water. I don't know if you, you if you guys experience that in Arizona, but we have a lot water. of chlorine in our water. So there is no, um, there's no, uh, drink in our tap water for sure. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the old George Carlin stand up where he was like, you know, that's the breakdown of society is when you don't trust the water. And like, <laughs> I don't know if yeah. you were ever a fan of his, but, um, that's a pretty oh. good bit, but, um, but yeah, so we, we definitely, or at least I definitely filter. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's, that's some hard living, but, but you made it through and, um, hopefully Mm -hmm. this will spur some sort of change in how that, that stuff's going. And we don't have to go down that road because it's more interesting to ask you, Russ, um, what you, what year you were born and what generation you most identify with, which is really fun to ask you because it's the best. Yes. So I was born <laughs> in 77, 1900s, you know, the, like I keep seeing these in the uh, 1900s. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, Gen X, like I can't, I can't identify with any other, you know, generation than Gen X because, uh, we we understand everything. I think. I feel like you know we're the generation that grew up with uh, Pedro from Real World. You know, like he was our first kind of introduction to somebody with AIDS and things like that. Really, like or for me, it was because I lived in Louisiana. You know, there, we didn't have we didn't have that kind of too much you know uh, interaction. Like we we had video games. We had you know uh, we did have cell phones. We had you know, but we also were allowed to play outside and you know get get scrapes and cuts and bruises and, you know, our parents didn't exactly hover over us. And, you know, uh, you know, if, as long as we didn't lose a limb, we were fine, you know? Right. Right. What do you say to millennials who say that's exactly their generation as well? Uh, wait, they, 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 they can, were okay with getting cuts and bruises and no one hovered over them because that's yeah. the opposite of what I see. Uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's some of the, that's some of the, um, some of the millennials I've talked to say that, that exact same thing. It's, it's almost like, um, how do you really define a generation, um, you know, so it's, it's like, yeah, you might be one of those one offs that were like that, but we were literally the generation, the last generation to um, be told, well, come back before sunset or come back when yeah. it's dark. When, <laughs> I, was, I was always told, yeah, like when the when the streetlights come back on, you have yep. to be inside. That was the rule. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. yeah. And so when the uh, when oh, we love daylight savings time, like because uh, we got because we could finagle that a little bit. Like, oh, look, you know, it's still light outside, you know. So. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we did dangerous things. Like I remember my friend next door, he had lawn darts and we were playing with lawn darts and I accidentally, not accidentally, I threw one at him and told him to move and he didn't and it stuck in his knee. And, oh uh, I my got in trouble God. For that, but, <laughs> oh but my God. Did he scream? Lawn darts were, oh yeah. He was, yeah. It was stuck <laughs> oh in his knee. God. It was bleeding. Like, um, uh, 
but you know, like, and his dad got really mad at me. And I, I understand. I did yell to move out of the way, but he didn't think it was going to hit him. So, and uh, it was pretty good aim. So anyway, uh, but lawn darts are illegal now. You know, like you can't get like I did look up lawn darts the other day just to see what it is, and they have this plastic version now. And I was like, well, I guess so because you were literally throwing a spear at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and think about like, um, I, well, at least in Arizona, like water guns were illegal for a while there, um, which is which is insane because or any kind of toy gun, which is insane because we we had little pellet guns. I, I remember I had a, a toy gun that had these little yellow um, rubber bullet bullets um, that I mean, they would say, like, don't point at anyone's face. Um, but we, st- we still shot them at each other's backs and legs. And I mean, it was a, it was still a pretty violent and wild childhood, right? Like, I don't even understand how we all survived. <laughs> we were jumping out of trees and I don't know, like, uh, and Louisiana. Okay. So growing up in Louisiana in the eighties, the humidity in the South and being an eighties kid, Right meant that you were outside all the time. And as was I in the Midwest um, during the stint of time that I was um, living there from like 10 to 10 to 12, like we were outside the whole, whole time, the whole day, all day, every day. You couldn't get me to sit outside in the South right now for 12, 18 hours every single day. No, yeah. like. Well, our parents didn't want to pay for the air conditioning. They, they're like, we're not, <laughs> like, go outside. We're not like uh, going to air condition the house and have you cool. You can go outside and get some fresh air. Like, yeah. Oh, man, so. you had air conditioning? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, we had air conditioning. We, we didn't in one house in Illinois. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember some of my friends' houses that didn't have air conditioning. And I, we would, we would if it was a sleepover, we'd sleep with the windows open. And I wasn't used to that because, you know, my parents did have air conditioning, but it was funny. But now, you know, it's, it's, There's it was no a luxury way, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, um, what are some of the things that you would do as a kid in Louisiana? And what part of Louisiana did you grow up in? I grew up in North Louisiana. Uh, it's a, you know, I don't even say this in on my podcast because uh, I was always worried about the backlash from uh, anyway. But uh, near, a city near Shreveport, Louisiana, uh, was uh, where I grew up at, small little town, and um, yeah, I grew up there until I was nineteen, and then I moved off to a, a smaller town, <laughs> even smaller town it seemed like uh, for college, and uh, which was about an hour away from where I grew where I lived, and then. Uh, Came back after that and moved to Dallas, Texas. That's crazy. So, so what did you guys do to 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 sort of survive the heat and the humidity as kids? Well, you. It's funny because we did have water guns and we would soak the yeah. heck out of each other and and do water balloons and and just the water hose. Like we drank out of the water hose. Who does that all like, the time? What, yeah, like you were thirsty. You didn't go inside to get water. You grabbed a water hose and you just drank from it you were hoping it wasn't hot <laughs> yes i was so. just about to say that and sometimes it tasted a little funny but you don't notice yeah. that when you're a kid no and now they make uh, water hoses that are okay for drinking did you know that uh i feel like i'm not surprised that's a thing like <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, of course there is funny. something like that 
Yeah. Um, um, well, and w- what we used to do is, I don't know how in the world, because because most of the time I, I was in poverty, but boy, when that ice cream truck came around, that was the be all and end all. That was the greatest. <laughs> when you had money, I, I, I usually got the uh, Pink Panther ice cream head with a gum gumball eyeball. <laughs> that was like my favorite. I remember that one. Right? I wasn't a fan oh. of the. I wasn't a fan of gum, bumble bubble gum like uh, what? ice cream. Yeah, I just like I don't know. Okay, so for me, my favorite. I don't know if you guys had this. My favorite was the Mississippi mud pie. I've heard so, of that, but can you explain that for maybe our okay. international listeners? Yeah. Okay. So take an ice cream sandwich, basically. So the I, the the wafer part, the the part that's like quote unquote the bread, was a chocolate wafer with chocolate chips in it. And then oh the ice God. cream in the middle. Yeah, the ice cream in the middle was like Rocky Road minus the, um, I think it was minus the marshmallows. And what? it came in foil wrapped. Yes. And this thing was my Dude, favorite. Dude, that sounds legit. And I don't know. That sounds legit. I don't know. I don't know why they don't make this anymore. I cannot, like, I don't eat ice cream anymore. But, like, I wanted to introduce it to my kids, but I cannot find this thing whatsoever. Like, and it's frustrating because, like, a lot of my childhood stuff is, like, not around for me to, like, show my kids oh, and introduce them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, for good reason, right? That that sounds really super unhealthy. <laughs> like, well, I don't, uh, that's I a lot of, of sugar. I can't think of anything that we ate in the 80s. We had Pop Rocks. I don't think I anything know, we ate right? in the 80s was healthy. I want to get my hands on Pop Rocks and give them to my kids. I thought Pop Rocks were did still exist. No, they they do. I just need to find them. I want to get some to my oh, kids okay. and, see, and just not tell them what it does. Just just yeah, give it just to put them. Them, let them put them in their mouth. And listeners, we're not going to tell you what it does. We invite you to go find some pop rocks at this moment, and just don't drink soda pop with it. No, <laughs> nope. That was the urban legend. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because um, so my mom worked a lot when when we when we didn't have money. She was working like three jobs, and um, more on that later wink wink um but for you um but she basically had would leave out like the can um the can opener and and a tin mm-hmm. of something that was either from franco-american or chef boyardee like i don't know how i wasn't um malnutritioned as a child because I don't remember eating a lot of vegetables, <laughs> which is why I think I went vegetarian at 18 because I was like, um, I don't even think I had Brussels sprouts as a kid or, you know, I mean, I, I vaguely remember green beans. I mean, she wasn't even a green bean casserole kind of person. It was meat and potatoes. And um, I think we had iceberg lettuce in the fridge but it was like ramen franco-american so spaghettios raviolios uh <laughs> you know like uh that's about yeah. it and mac and cheese <laughs> you know? we were we were uh a steak and potato or meat and potatoes like not steak but meat and potatoes like i remember a lot of meatloaf but then also growing up like so half my Half my family, like my mom's side was a full Italian and my dad's side is just the country bumpkins. And so like every Sunday, my grandma would come over and we would have spaghetti. And then we would also eat spaghetti Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday until it was gone. And oh, that was wow. the thing. Because like, you made such a big batch of it for Sunday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just my grandmother with my mom, my, my immediate family. So it wasn't like extended family. And she came over every Sunday. Well, actually, here's how it went. 
Every Sunday, I'd get up and go to church with my mom and my grandmother. For some reason, my sister didn't have to go. And I was always mad about that because if you ever attended a Catholic church, it is not exciting for a little kid. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my grandpa was a deacon in the Catholic church. And when I lived with them when I was five, <laughs> oh, man, I still had to go. <laughs> and I mean, did you guys have a uh, we called it the cry room? Like the, the kids had to be sent to a, like if you had a family, like if you're you're if a couple walked in with kids, they got sent to a different room. They couldn't sit with the rest of the congregation. I don't remember that. Um, I I don't remember kids crying, though. I, I'll have to, you know, and, and I was uh, raised, you know, children should be seen and not heard or get the mm-hmm. belt. So I was always really quiet. So I never and I wanted donuts after. <laughs> I was obsessed yeah. with the donuts. We didn't have any. They didn't get have. They didn't provide food for us. Oh man, we at least had donuts. Like Winchell's. Uh, that's when I lived in Texas. Uh, just mm-hmm. just uh, Temple, Texas. Um, Winchell's oh, my was wife a grew big up in thing. Temple, Texas. No way. I had yeah. a I had a guest on um, a couple uh, a few episodes back that um, uh, Michael Maley from um, X Generation Now um, website, and he, and he was from um, Temple, and I was like, that's crazy because it's it's such a small town. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I wonder, wouldn't that be crazy if I was in your wife's kindergarten class? Like that would be so crazy because that was. The one year that I went to school there was in kindergarten. She, I think she left when she was six. So maybe, so you, yeah, maybe it's yeah. hard to tell, right? Cause that's yeah. such a, I don't remember a single name. Maybe Alan. But she was, wait, she was, <laughs> she's born in 79. So, uh, oh, she's much no. younger than, I mean, ish. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't turn five till December. So I was, I was lumped in with the kids that were born in 76. Cause I mm-hmm. was such a, such a an I'm I'm way you I, know December. I get you because I was my birthday was September first and the cutoff for me was August. <gasps> oh. So like it sucked because I was like the I youngest. Could have been in, yeah, I could have put in everything happens on September first. Like laws get passed. I was telling somebody the other night like uh, in Louisiana, uh, I you could drink when you're in eight. You're eighteen. They changed the law on my birthday, like when I was eighteen. Oh like, no. Yeah, so I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to partake in the drinking of 18. So that's always fun. Oh, man. So so anyway, so, uh, okay, so our, our, our childhood was a bloodbath, right? Yes, I don't know yes. about you, but I mean, I had... I, I was always falling on skateboards and bikes and, um, oh. you know, just... Yeah. I never broke anything, knock on wood. I don't know how I never mm. broke anything, um, but... And we'd walk for hours uh, along the railroad tracks, like just like in Stand By Me. Like that was that that's like such a that's such a vivid memory of my childhood is like, you know, even even the landscape in that movie when they're walking along those um, those train tracks. But like you couldn't you you would not you can't get me to walk more than two miles without a bottle of water on me. How did we do that? I don't remember. I, I mean, I except know. for th- drinking out of someone's faucet, you know, or um, you know, uh, what? Yeah, oh, God, we just said it. I mean, the we, hose. Uh, yeah, the, the, the water hose. Yeah. So, well, okay. So we weren't allowed to go on the railroad tracks because, well, they were far away, like from where we were at. Uh, but yeah, we rode our bikes everywhere, or we walked, or uh, we. I mean, I remember we would like. The before, like there was a the high school football stadium, which was pretty large. Not, it's not nothing compared to in Texas. If you saw this, you think, "Oh my god, that's 
for elementary school kids. But for us, it was huge. And they didn't have a fence around it at the time. And we would pick our bikes up or we would go up with some cardboard or whatever. And we go down this hill of it, you know, and, and try not to die. And, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah the tricks, Ooh. the tricks. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Napoleon dynamite because they, <laughs> so I had a friend, um, post in the Gen X voice Facebook group. Um, I don't know if you saw this one cause I know you're an active member in there. Um, but the, like is Napoleon dynamite a millennial movie or a Gen X movie? Because there's so many things about it that are Gen X, like, you know, the, the, um, glam shots, the, mm-hmm. you know, being pulled on your roller skates by your brother riding his bike or someone, um, you know, creating those ramps to ride your bike on and like smashing because they never worked. (laughs) I don't know how many guy friends of mine were in agony. I don't know how, I don't know how any Gen Xers had kids with some (laughs) crazy Uh, stuff. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of crazy things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I wasn't a fan of Napoleon Dynamite. I know that's like blasphemy to some people, because but I just I didn't really get into that movie. Um, but yeah, it all didn't the things, resonate with you. No, it didn't. Because um, uh, yeah, I mean, but I was also looking up like you know I didn't know this, but recently or I don't know how long ago, when I was teaching high school kids, millennials were uh, uh, till like ninety eight, and then they said recently they I don't know how recently, but the article read it, it, they cut it back to ninety six. And so I was finding that interesting. I was like, I don't understand why, but they, uh, why they need to shorten it. But anyway, uh, what was my point on this one? Uh, oh, right. Okay. So the things that we did to survive and, uh, and it just, we're, I guess we're just a different breed, you know, our generation. Like, I guess we were taking our like stories from our parents because I remember my dad telling me like, uh, he had this BB gun and his next door neighbor was like, my slingshot's better than your BB gun. So my dad shot him with his BB gun. Oh, Wait, what? Oh, okay, <laughs> no, there you are. I just I, I, couldn't, I couldn't unmute fast enough. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, he got his oh, BB gun wow. taken away. Like, my, my grandmother took his BB gun away, but, like, and I, my dad told that story, and my dad thought that was a hilarious story. So, you know, like, uh, for me, like, listening to that, I guess I was like, well, I guess that gives us, you know, uh, carte blanche to go and, you know, wreak our own havoc, you know? But you know what's unique about us compared to the boomers was we spent a lot of time playing with action figures and Mm -hmm. baseball cards and video games and things like that. So not only were we running wild in the streets um, doing these crazy things, uh, probably inspired by our parents, but we Mm -hmm. were also inside a lot too – playing playing a lot of toys and games right yeah i think i think when my that's about the time that i started becoming an overweight kid because like when uh when like i remember we had an atari right but the atari didn't last long i can't remember why well i remember why like they stopped making the games and everything like that and we had a whole bunch but it just wasn't as fun and then when i got my first nintendo the the original nes man, I was playing on that thing for hours and my friends would come over and we would just play for hours. And like, I guess my parents air condition bill probably went up during that time. Uh, but wait a minute, Russ, you went from Atari to Nintendo there. You didn't have in television or, no. um, or go to the arcade or, or you, you oh, went, yes, I, I mean, did was do, it really did do arcade? 
Oh, arcade okay. Was fun. Okay. Arcade, but you know, it's expensive. Like in my my, right. you know, we uh, we were kind of middle class ish. Uh, my dad had owned his own. He had a little small grocery store uh, that he co owned, and um, but yeah. So we, we would. My dad. I remember him taking me to the arcade a lot as a kid, and he'd hand me like a couple dollars, and he like, once you're out, we're done. You know, and it would suck because I'd go out really quick, and he'd still be playing. And uh, I don't know if he went out or he just kind of like just put another dollar and got himself some more coins. <laughs> what game did you run to when you were in the arcade? Oh, uh, man, that's a good question. So for me, I was obsessed with Pac-Man. Okay, well, the, I like Pac-Man. Like, Man. Would uh, you call it the Packet Man? <laughs> I said, no, I, I like Pac-Man. I was trying to, I, I, like, I paused for a second trying to think, but. It was rad, though, because <laughs> no. it came out Packet Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the off, we were so poor, we had the off-brand version of right? Pac-Man. It's Packet Man. Right. Yeah, it wasn't so. from ColecoVision. It was, uh, it was yeah. something far, far less well-known. No, yeah. My parents gave us some sugar packets and like, here, here's Packet Man. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that uh what is it the chris fun rock dips? bit where you, you, you oh did you ever snort fun dips mm, probably i mean i feel like we snorted all kinds of weird shit as kids because you know cocaine was such a a big thing and well hell we had fake cigarettes and you know oh, like oh fake there cigarettes was so there many was two versions the ones that There's made two- the smoke and the ones yes! that didn't yeah you remember those you could <laughs> you could blow through and you got mm-hmm. one good puff yeah, it's the yeah. sugar. The sugar would like, poof. yeah. They wonder. Mm-hmm. They wonder why we smoked at twelve. You know, <laughs> I days. never did. I never smoked. Oh, I just... you're such a good kid. But anyway, so yeah. What do you remember? Like, was it Galaga? Because years later, Galaga was my go-to um, when I was in my twenties, and I and I started seeing that pop up in in bars and stuff. I was like, well, shit. I think I remember being good at that. I, I I gravitated toward a whole bunch of them, uh, like Spy Hunter. Um, I'm trying to think of this one where you were actually okay, – Spy Hunter was the one where you were the uh, car that came out of the big diesel, and then you like uh, – it was kind of like James oh, Bond. Oh, okay, you yeah. I couldn't remember until you said it came out of the big um, thing. You know what else? Speaking of cars, pole, po- pole position was a big favorite oh, of mine. Yes. I loved – That was fun. I loved driving. And then do you remember the cartoon pole position? <laughs> I vaguely do. Um, let's see. I also loved Kung Fu. Uh, that was another game. Paperboy. That was fun. Do you remember Paperboy? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, that was, you had the, you actually had the bicycle like attached to the arcade. It was, a, oh, the, you had okay. the bicycle Yeah. Handles. So this is older now. This is, yeah. When, the, when the, um, when the, uh, games started having these consoles, like, there was a motorcycle one that was like pole position, but it was, but you, you know, it went mm-hmm. side to side and, um, you know, those were really epic games. Like, um, they were super hard. They were loud. Yeah. I, uh, the one that everybody waited in line for was, uh, was it Dragon's Lair? Yeah. Yes, Dragon's Lair. I've talked, I've talked about that in previous episodes. That was the that was so much fun. most amazing. No one had ever seen graphics like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, it had a story that looked like Disney. Um, it was well, just Well, they hired such... the guys that, they hired the, uh, the people that did that were the ones that did American Tale. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah, they, they did the, they did the cartooning. They did the animation for it. 
Wow. Yeah, I can't. Why can't yeah. I think of his name? Uh, I don't know, minute, but I, I my uncle ago. was so good at that, and he was eight years older than me. So when I lived with him in Texas in Temple, um, there was a great arcade that we would skateboard to. And I felt so cool. You know, here I was five years mm-hmm. old and he, like I said, he was eight years older than me, um, taking me to the freaking um, arcade on our skateboards. Like I thought I was the coolest human being on the planet. Like <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing. But um, but yeah. So, OK, so you do you did have that. Did you ever go roller skating, Russ? Was that a thing that you were into? Yes, but I was not great at it. So. Mm-hmm. I would skate on the carpet <laughs> or I'd go play the video games. Okay. So you weren't dropped off at 10 a.m. and picked up at uh, 6 p.m. kind of kid on Sundays. No. Uh, my, my if, we, if it was roller skating, it was somebody's birthday. Like, oh, it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like the weekly. I went every week. And then I think there was uh, like a Wednesday night or something as well. Um, and, and there was a funny meme that I saw that was like, you know, our parents would just drop us off at the, at the roller skating rink at 10 AM and then pick us up at 6 PM, like with some change to eat some hot dogs and maybe play a video game. Like, can you imagine kids just in mass being dropped off in a place like that? Like, it's so crazy to think about that. That's the stuff that we were doing. Yeah. I mean, my mom did drop me off at the arcade. And, uh, like she would like, I think when I got like to about 12 or so, she would drop me off at the arcade. And the problem was, is she would give me time because there was no cell phones to call. And we could use the pay phone, but you would have to use your quarter that you could use for the arcade, you know? So like, right. <laughs> and so you were like, she was like, I'm going to be back at this time, you know? And if you ran through your money, you were bored the rest of the time. She gave you a designated spot where she's going to pick you up, you know, out, either outside the arcade or over somewhere else. You know, uh, and if I got bored, if my friends and I got bored, we'd go do something else or we would watch other people play video games, too. Right. Right. Yeah. It's um, it's so funny that you bring that up about, you know, these designated places and times, because um, I, I, I've had conversations about this with with friends recently, how it's like, how in the world did we did we survive without cell phones and pagers and like, I mean, obviously, generations and generations before us did that. Um, but it's just so mind boggling to think about, like, could you imagine dropping your kids off somewhere and then just being like, OK, I'll meet you at McDonald's in six hours? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I don't like I everything changed for me when I became a parent. Uh, and um I even told my wife, I was like, if we could GPS a dog, why can't we GPS our kids? And she's oh like, my gosh. Ah, we're not going to do that. I'm like, no, it would it would give me peace of mind so that I know that they're not going to like if they got kidnapped, I can easily find them. I'm just saying I know everybody. I, I've gotten backlash from people like I'm not really kidding. Like some people think I'm kidding. Like when you like I became so like I remember the very first day because uh, see my my wife and when we had our daughter she had already had two kids but when we had our daughter it was my first time like because when I became a step parent my kids my step kids were ten and uh, and six so they'd already gone through some of the things that you know you don't actually have to worry about too much you know their their safety but when I had when we had our daughter my uh, my oldest daughter she's ten now um, we did the whole uh, birthing center and it was uh, not at the uh, at um at a hospital. And it was a really nice experience because we brought home our daughter that night. 
And uh, so my wife, you know, called me at work and told me it's time. And then like, it, this was like, like eight in the morning. And then at 3 p.m., around 3 p.m., we had our daughter. And then at 5 p.m., we were home. And I remember the first night, I didn't sleep at all because I was watching to see if she was still breathing. <laughs> and and my wife was like, go to sleep and leave her alone. She, he's like, my wife was like, she's okay. She's all right. And I was like, but I'm nervous. And so I would like, I would put my finger underneath her, no- her nose just to see if she was breathing every time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I was nervous. Right. Now then when my son was born, I wasn't like, it was just like, as I went through the whole thing already and like I knew he would be okay. And, uh, but yeah, I was, I was nervous right when my daughter was born. So and everything changed. Yeah, I would I would never see myself dropping her off at the age of 10 somewhere and be like, you go play and I'll be back in three or, or five or, or five. Yeah, like or five. I was walking home from school at five years old through massive fields because Temple, there's a lot of grass. There's a lot of fields um, and just alone um, by myself. And, you know, and then not to mention all of us kids being so crazy playing you know push Mm -hmm. pushing pushing that time until the streetlights came on um you know do you what do you think changed between the time that your parents because surely your parents felt because we grew up watching we grew up watching the story of adam that's what the story of adam yeah do you remember uh, the boy the adam like uh adam walsh his, oh yeah. no! I I didn't know about Adam Walsh. I only heard about it because I watched um, America's Most Wanted. Does that make sense? So yeah, because his dad's the that was the host, right? Of it. Um, right. And so, like, I didn't I didn't really know his story per se. I just but but are you but but we did grow up with every time we turned around, there was some new kid's face on our milk cartons at the at the elementary school. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so here we had code Adam at the, at the stores. Like, so that was the thing. Like my mom had me watch that mini series that came out about it. And afterwards, like, I don't remember how it wasn't that long before the time actually Adam went missing till they made a mini series. And anytime I was at a department store and I didn't see my mom, I freaked out because I was thinking, Oh my God, I'm going to be kidnapped. You know, like, and she was okay. She was just like, oh, you are over there. I knew you were over there. And I was like, did you, did you really like, and so, uh, yeah, so that, that's what happened. I think it got ingrained in us that there's predators out there and we cannot let our kids loose on the world. So, you know, we like, there's the, you know, Gen X became the helicopter parents. Right. Well, and also stranger danger and, you know, uh, don't take strangers from or candy from strangers. Um, yeah, you know, don't the, talk the to strangers like little baby Jessica who fell in the well. Oh, like, my are, God. Do you remember watching that? I remember watching of that. Course. Yeah. So yeah. there's all that like because they were they let their kids walk around and she fell in a, a well, you know, like so that's what happened. I think that's what happened to us. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. That's it, it was very traumatizing for us. And and you know, I I have a million reasons why I've never had kids, but one of them very seriously was um I didn't I didn't want to have to go through that. I don't know how you guys <laughs> go through um you know, but on the other hand there's this whole movement of the, you know, uh they call it um oh what is it called? I, I've talked about it before, but all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank. Um, it's the um, 
roam free cage free kids or uh i don't know if i've heard that yeah it's like this movement of parents that are trying to have their kids be allowed because there's a lot of places in the country right now where Mm -hmm. if your kids show up at a park and you're not there and they're a certain age they will call the police on you um and so there's this really russ that seems so crazy (laughs) to me it's like uh, well, like, it depends on the age. Like, like, so if you're leaving your kid that's at six at a park, yeah, I think that's not a good idea. You know, yeah, I can see I leaving them true. at 12 or 13. You know, it's just like the same with uh, like, okay, so why is it that, that we're getting parents that, you know, have issues with that, but we still have kids being left in cars, you know, like. Oh, I don't even understand that. I don't, I don't, I mean, what is going on with that person's life that they forget their kids in the car. Like that to me, I mean, I know when my dog's in the car, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there, I have never been so distracted. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, when I, when I had my daughter, I was like, am I going to be that absentee parent that forgets that she's in the car? Like I kept worrying about that. And I mean, I didn't, I never did, but I, that's every time I got in the car, I'm like, your daughter's here. Your daughter's here. Your daughter's here. Like, like she's in the car. She's in the car. Like, you're not going to forget her. Like, I just, I was a nervous, like I said, I was a nervous wreck. Oh, is it called free range kids? Free range. That's it. That's cage free. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I hope your kids I are cage free. <laughs> Get back in the cage, Billy. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's so, we, we definitely, to this day, Russ, and and granted, it so so I'm a woman. I've never really been free of um, looking behind me when I walk in the in broad daylight. So at 45 mm. years old, I'm still worried that I'm going to get taken. Um, so at least as a male, you haven't had to go through that. But you at some point that actually ended. But the 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 sad thing is is that now you have to constantly think about that with your children. So it's yes. not, and that's one not, of the reasons it's not why. Very, <laughs> no, I'm not saying you're lucky at all, by the way, because that's a whole other level of fear. Well, I mean, being a straight white male, there's a lot of things I've been realizing that I've never had to deal with, and uh, and when my friends tell me these things, you know, and I'm like, you know, even when my wife was starting to tell me things like, you know, uh, it, 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 the example you just gave, you know, walk, just walking anywhere and not being harassed, you know, and um, and uh, so. Early on, I wanted my daughter to understand how, I mean, have the, the tools to protect herself. So she's been in Kung Fu since she's been five. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so, uh, so my 10 year old daughter knows how to use a sword, knows how to use nunchucks uh, or nunchucks. Sorry. I say for some reason, my brain always says numb. Uh, and then she knows, <laughs> uh, and she's, she knows, yeah. So she knows how to fight. So like, and, uh. And I want her to like continue her training because I don't want her to, if she's ever confronted by somebody who threatens her, she knows how to handle it. And um, I remember even when she was being bullied in school and the teachers, teachers still like it still annoys me that teachers still turn a blind eye to this crap. Um, they were like, well, well it I don't depends think on the bad. district. It, it depends on yeah. the district. Cause I, when I was in education, um, it was at the forefront, like it was a no, um, no bully zone. Uh, like I constantly, when I was a counselor was mm-hmm. doing, um, restorative practice circles and, oh man. Yeah. I think it just depends on the district. Cause I think that it's, it became at least gosh, now it's already been 
seven years since I've been in the classroom, but it became a huge thing that um, bullying wasn't tolerated. Well, back in October, uh, which was Bully Prevention Month, I on our podcast, uh, we talked. I, I talked about my life growing up and being bullied. And um, so I have no tolerance for it whatsoever. And I mean, same my step, my stepson, he he had dealt with it when he was at one elementary school and the he had a similar situation. We had a similar situation with me growing up and, and, and him growing up like uh, they blamed it on him and they blamed it on me when I was a kid. And so we moved, we moved, we just like, we're, we're not gonna say anymore. So we moved. And, um, and so we got him into Kung Fu too, because we were like, you know what, if somebody's bullying you and the teachers won't stop it, you have all right to defend yourself. I was like, you don't have a right to start the fight, but you have a right to defend yourself. And that's why we told my daughter and I, and my daughter's like, well, will I get in trouble? And I was like, if you are defending yourself, no, I will be right there up front and they can, they can take me on. And I was like, uh, I was like, but if you start the fight, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, the school, the school as a counselor, I was like, if there was fighting, it didn't matter who started. Both kids would be suspended, mm-hmm. which I no, also don't I, think is the right answer either. But that's that's a totally no. different thing. But um, but yeah, I don't I don't know how people can be parents. I think I think it is so complicated and so scary and. Um, and and just and it's so different than when we were kids. So I don't know how 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 your kids are, but um, I'm watching my friends that are our age um, mm-hmm. just j- just basically um, drive themselves into complete exhaustion because the kids are at soccer, they're in gymnastics, they've got you know scouts, they've got this, they've got that. Every single night is filled with some kind of organ organization, organi- organized play. Um, right. And there's, there's no time for them to have adventures and ride bikes and play video games and things like that. I mean, they still do, don't get me wrong, but um, not like we did. I mean, is that, is that how you are? are? Are you constantly driving your kids from one event to another? Or are you guys a little bit more relaxed on that? Oh no, we're more relaxed, but not because we don't have, we don't have, we don't want to do it. It's because, uh, we don't, don't really have the time, uh, to do like we, you know, she does Kung Fu, but she's doing it because of zoom and COVID, you know? And, uh, so, and my son, he was before COVID hit, he was going to a, uh, early childhood development school cause, uh, he's four now, but he, he got enrolled when he was three, which was doing great things for him because he was kind of behind. And then like within a month or so, he just like shot up and was like where he should have been at. And, uh, and my daughter, you know, uh, she wants to do these other things, but we're just not ready to do that because of COVID because she's always had a really, uh, weak immune system. I remember years ago, she got the flu three different strands within the course of almost a month and a half. Oh my Uh, God. One of them, one of them being the swine flu. And so it was just really taxing on her body. And so I'm, I don't know what COVID would do to her. So I'm, where, you know, she's, she, we, uh, we pulled her out to do the virtual school, but that wasn't going as planned. So now we're homeschooling her. And, uh, you know, I just, and my wife's immunocompromised. So if she gets COVID, you know, that's going to be really bad for her. So we have to, you know, we take a lot of extra precautions because, um, I, I, I think my wife and I weren't born with the super awesome, uh, uh, um, genes to fight off infections and stuff, you know, our immune, our, uh, immune is not uh great so 
I used to get sick a lot when I was a kid. Man, that has got to be a whole other level of worry, um, especially because you don't work just one job. You work like four jobs. Uh, three jobs, unless you call parenthood job two, which it is. But uh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> well, homeschooling, that's not that's not an easy task, no, no. as you know, for being um, being an educator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, do you are you ever? Well, I guess I know that you had a, a COVID scare, but um, mm-hmm. being working out of the home, um, outside of the home and, you know, in places like you're you're an instructor at a university and you're doing all this other stuff. I mean, is that is that a concern for you on oh, a daily basis? So. Yeah, because you encounter some coworkers or or, you know, customers who don't think that masks are important and uh so they you know don't wear them or they don't wear them properly and uh you're like so i got uh, so my wife did some research and she found these really great masks that have these filters that you can uh dispose of and get new filters and they had vents and things like that and uh and so she got them uh for us and so yeah i've been using it and i think that's what has kept me from getting COVID because I remember we had one coworker who her husband tested positive for COVID, but she swore she didn't have it. And she self-quarantined for three days and then she took a test and she said it was negative. So she came back and she was just coughing a lot, but not wearing her mask properly, you know? And she kept telling us it's because she got bronchitis like years ago. And I guess that could happen, but I just kept thinking, this is, this doesn't sound right. And I had my mask on and then another coworker had just one of those blue masks, which they work, but I guess it didn't work as good because she got COVID, the coworker, the other coworker, and I did not. And um, yeah. And so it, like, so I really love these masks and even people were like, man, that looks like a really good mask. I'm like, it really is a good mask. And But um, I mean, just a disclaimer um, on, um, on the news, they have said that those ones that have the vents in them. Mm-hmm. are not particularly safe because it allows air particles to come through that ventilation. So that it might be working for you, but listeners, I just wanted to throw that out there because that is uh that is a concern um that 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 you really want to stay away from anything that has any kind of um opening in in them at all. And like you said, the blue masks aren't very good either. But you know yeah. what, Russ, we um we have kind of danced around this other job that you have. Um, because and I guess that's why I count that you have so many jobs. You have one of the most fun podcasts that I've <laughs> been able to be introduced to um with your co-hosts Nick. Um Nick mm-hmm. and Russ don't know anything. Um that is such a fun podcast. So I want to give you an opportunity to uh, tell the listeners what it's about, um, to plug it and, um, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about, um, you know, how you even got it started. Okay, sure. So we are the Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything podcast. Uh, It's with one of my good friends, Nick, and uh, we've been friends since 2017. Yeah, 2017. And uh, we met uh, because we were both in a weight loss program. And at the time, I weighed around 445 pounds. And uh, Nick had just 
gotten to the point where he was uh, on maintenance, what's called maintenance, because he had lost his goal weight. And uh, I was just starting. And he, he, it's really funny because we always talk about this. The, the first thing he said to me was like, oh, my gosh, another man. And I was like, what does that mean? And he gave me this big old <laughs> hug. And, and I come to find out there's only five guys in this group of like 90 women. And so, uh, so the five of us guys, we kind of like formed our own little group, a uh, subgroup, you know, when we did a lot of things together. Uh, but, and it was a lot of fun and I lost, I lost my goal weight within 16 months. Uh, I got down to like 189, which was really too skinny for me because I hurt when I would walk around and well, sleep that's and incredible sit. though. What an, what mm-hmm. an incredible amount of weight to lose Russ. That's, an, that's, that's like, well, it's, it was, it was no exercise, no weight loss surgery, no pills. It was just re-educating myself on eating and it was i got i got rid of flour and sugar that was the main component um and uh and so yeah and then like what happened is is he left the the group and i left the group and like at separate times not because of each other and we would still call each other to to check up on each other uh and see how each other was doing and instead of like that's what you were supposed to do in the group Anyway, you 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 called on people to to check on because it's a it was a twelve step program and uh, so anyway uh, fast forward a little bit we we stopped talking about you know the weight loss in each other and we started talking about current events and how it was pissing us off and um, and he was like hey uh, maybe we should write a book together and I was like because he was like we should do it on weight loss and I was like okay that's fine and he was like well, maybe we should do a blog. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And it was still kind of weight loss, but we still were like, cause that's what we really knew, but we were still talking about current events and how it was still, all, cause it would always derail into current events. He's like, no, what, you know what? Let's, let's talk about, uh, let's do a blog on current events. I was like, okay. And then he's like, you know what? Let's do a podcast on current events. I was like, all right, <laughs> I I'm, just love how it kept evolving. <laughs> it did. It did. Awesome. And so I was like, yeah, that's, that, that works. And he was like, what are we going to call it? And uh, I think then my first name got thrown out was like Nick and Russ save the world. And I was like, that sounds good, but that's going to like, I don't know if people are going to listen. And then his uh, spouse, Michael, uh, came up with the name Nick and Russ don't know anything. I was like, that's perfect. I love that. And um, so, yeah, so we started it in end of June of last year because of COVID. Uh, we wanted to be creative and we weren't feeling the creative spark anymore. And uh, we've been we were doing two episodes a week and now in season two, we're in season two. We're only doing one episode a week because we're really busy. Um, but we've hit a lot of good milestones. We're at, I think oh, the last time I was able to check our stats, we we're at 475 cities worldwide, uh, over 40 countries. I think we're in, uh, we've hit, we've have 13,000, uh, followers on Facebook. We've got, we hit, over 12,000 uh, views and downloads of a podcast. And, and we talk about the current events and other things. You know, we have interviews. We had you on two weeks ago, which was really yeah. fun. Uh, and uh, like if there is a, a, a like soul podcast, I think you are our like other side. And um, oh, thank you. I totally feel the same. I had so much fun talking to you guys. Like it was and and I, I don't want to go too far away from these stats that you just spouted because um, that is phenomenal to have started in June <laughs> and have that much um, interest because uh, dear listeners, this is they're 
their podcast is not for uh, people who are really right wing <laughs> or even centered. Uh, it's very liberal. It's very unabashed um, opinion wise. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and I've said this when I was um, on your podcast about your podcast, um, it's still very loving and respectful which is not an easy thing for people who are passionate about politics to be. Um, but, but anyway, uh, let's get some more listeners and downloads. Um, and, and guys, um, they do have a, they do release their videos cause they do podcasting. So video podcasting. Mm-hmm. So you can watch the interviews on, on YouTube and stuff like that. But Russ, where can people find you? And, and Nick? yeah, if you want just everything, it's Nick and So it's N I C K A N D R U S S.com. And then for all social media, it's at real Nick and Russ. So Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, all that. Yeah. And so TikTok, you guys are on TikTok. We are, we have separate accounts now. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. Not, not the, not the actual show, but anyway, um, yeah. And, and just so you all know, those links will be in the show notes, but now Russ, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the Gen X voice podcast. The rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I've, I'm. I yes. I've been waiting for this. this I was. I've been like. <laughs> I am so excited. Okay. All right, <laughs> Here I, we go. I hope my brain. I hope my brain stays with me. So. <laughs> um, what is your favorite memory from childhood? It would be going to my grandparents' uh, lake house trailer and staying there and fishing. Ooh, that sounds nice. And then um, what is your favorite 80s band or musician? Okay, does – okay, so I, I don't like a lot of the 80s music. Like people get on to me about this because it just – like the pop music, okay? Like there was some other good stuff. But does Nirvana count? Because weren't they 89 or were they 90? Uh, that's a very good question. I want to say – uh, 89, but I'm going to Google it real fast. So if, if you guys hear my <laughs> keys, uh, let's 87 to 94. Oh, okay. There we go. <gasps> we can, yes! we can use them. That's so rad. Oh, and I might have to put a disclaimer when I, when I, uh, put that on Instagram because I could see that being kind of, a um, you know, sensitive, but yeah, Nirvana. Okay. Well then what were you listening to as a teen? Okay. So I did have some Bruce Springsteen, um, and there was poison and, uh, and guns and roses was in late eighties. Like, right. So you were a teen in the late eighties. Cause well, I was, a tw- I was like, a little I was 12. younger. I was 12 and 13. So I'm talking about teen. I'm talking about high school. Nineties was nineties was grunge and heavy metal and rock. Okay. Yep, yep. Pretty 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 much the same for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um okay, and what about your favorite 80s film? Okay, so there's a couple of them. Weird Science, Breakfast uh The Breakfast Club and uh National Lampoon's uh Vacation. Awesome. Um Russ, why did you go to college? Uh because my parents told me I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's there's a there's a good story there uh, because it was we did, we we're told if we went to college this was the way to make money. <laughs> Says the man who works three exactly. jobs. Yeah. Well, yeah. because 
Well, we were we still had the idea that you got in with a company and you were there for life and you made good money and you could you know do everything. That notion went out the door. So, yeah, it totally did, and especially in academia, like if a university can pay for everyone to be um, adjunct, there. I don't even I don't know a single person that has tenure at a university <laughs> that's our age. Right. Um, which was pretty much the norm when we were going to college. Like there were plenty of people who were are like in their forties that were tenured. But anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Um, Russ, my favorite question to ask my guests. So excited to hear what you say. If you had one bit of advice to give um, people, either to get through the the dark times or just life advice in general to any any generation, what would that advice be? Oh my gosh, uh, it doesn't last. The dark times do not last. It will get better. You just got to, you got to figure out a way to tough it out and get through it and uh, persevere because you came, you are, you're on this earth for a reason. Okay. And granted life can really kick. Can I cuss? Yeah. Okay. This is an explicit podcast. Right. For I couldn't remember. Sake. Okay. <laughs> Cause we hadn't cussed at all. So I was like, this is the first podcast I've ever been on that I don't remember cussing. So, um, we didn't really have a reason to, yeah. <laughs> but here it goes. Here's my, like, here's, uh, so life will kick the shit out of you. Okay. And it'll be hard, but there is so much more out there for you. Um, whether it's, you're, you're tired of being alone and you want to find somebody you, you will, or, you know, that job that you are in that you, it, you hate it, but there's going to be a better one for you. Uh, you just got to listen to the universe and pay attention and it, and it, things will happen. For you. And I always believe, um, I'm not super, super religious, but uh, I don't know where I, I can't remember where I picked this up. But I don't know if it's in the Bible or not. Cause I haven't fully read the Bible, but there's like God, uh, provides those who provide for themselves. I think that's the way it goes. So I don't, I don't always think, Oh, if I just sit back, things will happen. No, I try to go make things happen. Um, because I've gone through some really dark periods in my time and I don't ever want to experience those again. Uh, I still do sometimes. Um, you know, there's been low points where we've been really super poor and I don't want to ever do that. That's why I'm working three jobs. I had a really great corporate job, uh, before pandemic hit and then I got furloughed and lost that. So to supplement my income, I had to go find work in three different ways. Uh, and it was partially my fault because I was hoping that that company would hire us back on, but they didn't. And, and I should have, you know, gone and, and found, you know, other work, but I didn't. And so I'm working, you know, three jobs now. And, um, and it sucks in a way because I, it's taken a lot of time away from my family and things I'd want to do. And, uh, but, uh, it's keeping a roof over our head. It's keeping, you know, food on the table and, and, uh, it's, you know, keeping the bill collectors away. And that's, that's what's important right now. And, you know, but it's not permanent. Awesome. Well, thank you, Russ. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, by the way, I've been listening to a lot of your episodes and I feel really jealous that I've never been to Joshua Tree or Portland. <laughs> Well, awesome. Hopefully you're inspired to go now um, once the pandemic is over. <laughs> I think I think I need awesome. to I want to see this Joshua tree. I, I, I want to see how big this thing is. Like, is it the tree of life? There's a lot of animals that are hanging around with it or 
you know. Oh no, it's 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 a forest of them. So. <laughs> oh okay. All right. I just I didn't I didn't know awesome. if you like drove up to this town and Joshua Tree just like was like right there. Oh no no it's like hundreds and hundreds of Joshua trees. So you you let me know when your family thinks is is thinking of going and I, and I'll I'll help you I'll help you figure out a good adventure. Okay, I might that, even meet you there. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> So. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Russ. All right. Well, thank you so much, Trish. You're awesome. Oh, you too. Thanks for listening. And if you think this is worth listening to, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. Be kind to each other, listen to each other, and let's stop being separated by our differences. I don't want to be